Let's try something else. What's going on, guys? My name is Elden Hero, and welcome to a very impromptu episode of the Midnight Hour. This is just going to be a bonus episode. I'm not going to bother assigning a number or a topic to it because it's just me by myself, and uh, it gets very lonely in here. Too lonely to give this a number. Uh, but no, if it's just me, I don't feel like it's a true episode of the Midnight Hour. I feel like it's more of a here's me talking about things kind of thing, which is the type of video I used to do while I played FIFA at the same time, or some game. I used to do it with Call of Duty, actually, long, long before I became a FIFA YouTuber. Um, but there is no games this time, I'm kind of just sitting here. This will only be on the audio platforms, too, I think, because um, it's too dark for me to turn on my webcam. Also, I'm not really a very vlog-friendly person, like, I don't know, I, I understand how vlogs are better, it's better to just look at the person doing the talking because body language tells just as much as a voice sometimes. Um, but I don't know, I'm not really that into vlogs. But anyway, the point of this is that I get really restless when I don't upload lots of podcasts all the time. Um, which will leave a lot of you wondering, am I not restless all the time? <laughs> and the truth is, I kind of am, and I hate leaving the podcast channel inactive. Like, I feel like it just harms the medium more than anything else. I feel like I drive more people away when I do that. I feel like people just lose faith in the actual consistency of the show. Like, if this were a podcast that I listened to as a fan... I think I would be really bemused as to why there aren't that many episodes all the time because it's such a seemingly easy thing to do to just get someone on the show, but it's actually surprisingly hard. So, um, like I started the show with Jack and he's great. He's like a fantastic co-host. I think we complement each other really well. Um, but every like six or so episodes that he records, he disappears for a year. So I can't really do much with that. Um, Dr. John has moved house at the moment and he's currently waiting to have his internet fitted and it seems to take a long time in the place where he has lived. Um, so, I don't know, here I am. And it's strange, it, the Midnight Hour is like two and a half years old as a podcast and there has never been a single episode of just me by myself, so uh, that's pretty interesting. I don't think it's actually... Is the Midnight Hour actually three and a half years? I don't even know how old the Midnight Hour is, but it's a, it's a goddamn very old podcast, and there's never been an episode with just me, so if this doesn't win you over, I don't know what will. Uh, but I went out to Twitter, asked if you guys had any questions, didn't record the episode, went out to Twitter again, asked if you guys had any questions, and assured you that this time I am recording the episode, so indeed I am. I don't know how long I'll go for, I just had a coughing fit and I had to pause, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um... I'm really busy at the moment doing stuff and some news that might be relevant to you if you're a fan of me and my podcasts. Um, I'm working on another project at the moment with someone else. It's a guy that you guys don't know, um, but it's a, a long time friend of mine. I've known this guy for, God, like maybe 14 years at this point. Could that be right? Um, I know him for a very, very long time and he is a huge wrestling fan. 
Um, not so much anymore. A lot like me, like more so to do with the Attitude Era and stuff like that. Um, so if you don't like wrestling, this podcast or this project is gonna be of no interest to you whatsoever. Um, but we've already recorded our first video, and it's like four hours long. So uh, it's gonna be uh, a long wait, I think, before the first one is up. I, I think we're sort of tentatively uh, aiming for an end of August slash start of September. Um, launch for the for the thing it's going to be on a whole new channel um it's going to be audio and video uh well some of the way and this isn't one of those things where i tell you i'm going to do a thing i've already started doing there's already content there um that i can put up whenever i want but i just want to have a, a steady stream of content and stuff um but it's a project i'm quite excited about mainly because i'm not the one that's leading it and usually I am. And when I'm the one that's leading it, I get all of these doubts in my mind. Like, is this even worth it? Is anybody even going to care? Stuff like that. And that's why you haven't had a noise pollution episode. But I'll actually talk a little bit more about that towards the end of this show, I think. Um, or the end of this episode, rather. But yeah, so that's what's going on with me. I have something in the pipeline that is is wrestling related. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Like the few of you who are wrestling fans. Because I think... It's the kind of thing that people have asked me about before, like, why don't I do this kind of thing? So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes when the time comes and I'll let you know. Other than that, I don't really have anything else to say in terms of, like, keeping up with the El Ians. So, uh, here we are. Um, the first question that I will take um, is from young Mr. Muiz, who says, Will you watch Maymac and any prediction for the fight? And uh, I should preface this by saying I'm not a huge boxing fan at all. In fact, I would say um, I think the last boxing match I watched was Tyson Fury against, I want to say Klitschko. I'm not really sure, but he was against the champion at the time and he won the title and he was not the favorite to do it. It was a huge upset at the time. Um, Tyson Fury was sort of seen as like a good up and comer, but like laughable in terms of his actual, um, like champion abilities. Uh, but he won, at least I think I've got that narrative, right? I could only go by the promo that I saw at the time. Cause I have such little interest in boxing. Um, but Tyson Fury won and I found the whole thing to be really boring. I know that's going to annoy a lot of boxing fans. Like I, I can kind of understand why people like boxing because my cousin is, is like heavy into boxing. Um, he talks about the techniques and stuff like that, and I can I can get behind it. But I I, I just it's not for me. Um, obviously, I am a wrestling fan. I like the entertainment. I like the circus. I like the spectacle of the whole thing. Um, I I think wrestling is absolutely ridiculous, and that's why I like it. I know it's fake. I know it's scripted. I know it's for kids, basically. Um, but I like it, and there's something that it does that boxing cannot do because boxing is a real sport. Uh, for the most part, a lot of boxing is actually rigged too, or at least it used to be. Um, so basically, I don't know a lot about boxing. Not even enough. Like, you know, I haven't even seen the Rocky movies. That's how little I know about boxing. But um, I will definitely watch uh, Mayweather against McGregor because, to be honest, the fight is aimed at people like me. I am the target audience for that kind of fight. It's it's not for people who are fans of either sport. Maybe maybe UFC fans, just to see how their guy is going to do in a boxing ring. But it, it's boxing rules, ultimately. Um, and it's sort of an exhibition match. And it's kind of farcical, to be honest. Like, I don't think many full-fledged boxing fans are actually overly excited at the prospect of it. Because they would rather Mayweather save his last fight for 
some worthy opponent and they don't deem McGregor to be that. And like, that's fair enough. Um, I'm a huge fan of McGregor because I'm a huge fan of wrestling and Conor McGregor is a genuine eccentric who brings this circus feel to UFC. Um, not only does he do that, though, he does it without making himself a laughingstock. He, he backs up everything he says for the most part, makes a lot of um, ludicrous claims, but makes a lot of accurate claims, too. And uh, it, it's impossible to not be intoxicated by him in some way. You, you can love him or hate him or whatever, but ultimately he's going to be claiming your attention at some point or another. And I think that's because he is a true, like eccentric personality. And there's something incredibly interesting about him. Um, that said, like, I don't, I mean, I don't expect him to win at all because conventional wisdom is telling me he has no chance. But, like, when you see him up there and he says he'll have this man KO'd within four rounds, I believe what he's saying. <laughs> I just don't necessarily believe that he'll actually do it. So, I don't have a prediction. Um, like, so a anytime I say this to a boxing fan, I, I get laughed out of the room and, and, and like, perhaps um, uh, reasonably so. Like, perhaps that's, that's fair. But I wouldn't be that surprised if McGregor won, and I don't know if that's because I am accustomed to thinking he's going to lose in his fights. Um, I, and I don't necessarily know why I go into the fights with that mentality. I, I think it's maybe because I don't want him to lose, and therefore I think it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, he continues to surprise people and it wouldn't surprise me if that happened again that being said realistically probably gonna be floyd mayweather based on what boxing experts have said thus far um but i'd be really interested to know if you guys have any like opinion either way and i know the majority opinion will be it's it's ridiculous and mayweather will definitely win and it just it's an extortionate fiasco that should not actually be happening and and stuff like that and um, I guess like that's fair enough. Next question is from Daniel JW, who says, A friend told me if I ever visited Ireland to go explore the western part of the country rather than Dublin. What do you think of that? Um, there's a lot of... Uh, there are lots of really beautiful places to visit in the west, without a doubt. There's the Burren in County Clare, which is just uh, <laughs> an Instagram photo opportunity that you should uh, definitely like go and do while you're here. It, it really is like quite something to look at. There's also the Cliffs of Moher, um, which personally I've been to. I didn't think they were that great. They're just some cliffs to me. I don't know if that's because I've been spoiled by that particular kind of scenery growing up in Ireland. Um, I've also said before, I'm not really that big into looking at things that I can just Google a picture of anyway. So maybe that has something to do with it too. Um, but there's also just, there's a place in County Galway called Salt Hill, which is just really nice. If you like nature walks and things like that, like go check out Salt Hill. It's awesome. I, I took my favorite picture that I've ever taken at Salt Hill. Um, and it's a picture of my girlfriend looking at the ocean into a sky where there's quite clearly a storm on its way and uh i really like the picture and that was taken at salt hill so like all of that stuff is in the west um but ultimately it really depends on what kind of trip you want to have um i think dublin is more fun i'm not originally from dublin so when I big up Dublin, some people are like, oh, you're just saying that because you're from there. I'm not actually from Dublin at all. I'm from the south of Ireland. Um, 
but I like Dublin a lot. The nightlife in Dublin is second to none, although Galway is also really, really good. You should definitely have a night out in Galway. Um, it, it is something else. Um, Dublin can be quite intimidating at times, and I respect that. Like, if that's if that's people's opinion, that's kind of fair enough. Um, but if you know the right places to go in Dublin, it's awesome. Like, I really like going to dive bars where they play rock music and, like, they serve, you know normal beard that I like and, and things like that. That's sort of my idea of having a good time. But Dublin also has lots of really cool museums and stuff like that. There's a, a natural history museum that I think is free to enter. And uh, it's really cool. You'll see lots of animals that you didn't know existed at all. Um, there's also just museums dedicated to things like the pub industry in Dublin and, and uh, different areas of the history of Dublin and things like that. So you can you can still get the cultural experience in Dublin without having to turn to getting completely pissed. Um, so it, it really depends on what you want. It doesn't have to be an either or thing either. Ireland is really small. You can go from Dublin to the north of Ireland to go and see the Giant's Causeway, see the places where they filmed Game of Thrones, do all that. You can do all of that within a day and you could go to the west and experience the west in a day too. Like you could come to Ireland for one week and experience pretty much all of the main um like landmarks and uh like lonely planet lists and stuff like that so um it's it doesn't have to be either or but it really just depends on you so hopefully that wasn't a non-answer um the next question i'll go back to my original one because these questions have sort of been there for uh, a long time so emily asks opinions on vegetables which is just obviously you know a, a serious question um i eat peppers and i eat uh rocket lettuce and i think i think those are all the vegetables that i eat i also like popcorn which is a vegetable so tell that to your parents um Basombang, uh, Basombang asks favorite pub in Dublin, which I might as well answer seeing as I'm on this particular uh, train of thought at the moment. Um, there's lots of pubs in Dublin that I really like. My favorite pub in Dublin is one in my hometown of Swords called The Attic. It's at the very bottom of Swords um, and it's inside of a pub called The Pound, but it's upstairs and it's awesome. It's like I think it styles itself as a dive bar, but it's it's actually quite well kept. It's quite clean. Um, there's loads of movie posters in there. The beer in there is awesome. The music is absolutely class. Um, but in the city centre, there are pubs like um, Cassidy's on Westmoreland Street, uh, which is really great. I like to go to uh, Sweeney's on Dame Street. Um, let me think of some other places before I drop the bombshell of what my actual favourite pub is. Um, there's a place in Temple Bar called Crowbar, which is really great. It's attached to the Button Factory, which is a music venue. And it's a pub where you go for like one or two drinks just to chill. Uh, the music's never too loud. You'll always get a seat in there. Uh, they do happy hour, although I think they might have stopped doing that recently. Um, but it's it's really good. It, it's kind of a not too hot, not too cold pub. And it's just where you go when you're in the middle of a like pub crawl and you just need to chill for a while. Um, I also really like a pub called Bad Bob's. And uh, those are like the main, the main touristy ones in the city center. Those are them. Um, my favorite pub is one called the Gypsy Rose, which is on the keys. I, I don't know exactly which key it's on, but it's 
um you know what figure it out it's called the gypsy rose and it's just that's my favorite pub in dublin um next question is from jake who says best film album tv show etc of 2017 so far geez that's really tough uh actually because i haven't put any research whatsoever into this episode because i didn't think i'd have to um i don't even know what albums i have down you know what i'm gonna turn on my other computer and uh when it loads up i'll check what albums I've listened to in 2017 and um, I guess we'll see where we go from there Uh, next question is from Jamie Anderson who says what makes a good sport and why is football a vastly bigger sport than any other Um, so I don't if you look up the definition of the word sport it's actually hard to pinpoint why something is sport over a game so I don't know um Sorry, one sec. Let me just put my password in. Do all of this shit. We'll probably edit this part out. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll keep it raw. Um, so I don't know why football is like, in in terms of the sport and the spectacle of it, like I don't know why it's a thing that people like over other sports. But I do know this. Um, football in the late 80s had a really, really bad name. Football hooliganism was like spiraling out of control. Um, it, it was seen as a sort of a plague of the working class, like that this is a thing that only working class people do. Um, there was a lot of snobbery and, and just social attitudes towards football veered from hatred to fear to just uh, disgust and, and, and condescension and things like that. So um, Sky Sports, I believe are the ones responsible for basically rebuilding football from the ground up as a family-friendly occasion um, and, and a, a, you know, introducing these things like... Safe, I know Sky Sports didn't introduce safe seating, but it was important in the role of getting families out to, to football games. Um, I suppose in England, the way the infrastructure was set up and the fact that football, historically speaking, is, is largely an English sport and it, it, it's always been ingrained in English culture. Um, the fact that you have a major like sort of mainstream western country like England um with all of this infrastructure set up for football to succeed and then you have Sky Sports pumping infinite amounts of money into it it's going to become a really big sport but on top of that there are lots of other things that just keep football in public consciousness at all times right because football has an off season and we're in the middle of it now but you actually probably hear more about football news now than you do at any other time during the year and that's because it's the transfer window and football fans need a thing to do to distract themselves from the fact that there's no football um so like sky sports basically invented this entire transfer saga um agenda on every single transfer and that's what every transfer is now so anytime you turn on sky sports news it used to be channel 408 and it used to be free i think it might still be free for some people basically you're going to hear people talking about the rumor mill um what agent said something what do sky sources say sky sources is a really big thing right because a lot of them are made up a lot of them are people um following hashtags on twitter and enough people generating interest over it that sky sports will say sky sky sources say this I see a lot of people on my Twitter feed saying things like, if it's not on Sky Sports, I don't believe it. And this is like saying, if it's not in the sun, it's not real news. Like, Sky Sports confirmed the signing of Ilke Gundogan for Man United in the summer of 2014. Um, like, that didn't happen. Uh, just, just multiple things like that. There's a whole number of reasons why you shouldn't trust uh sky sports at all and i think just the fact that they're a business dedicated to getting people to watch football is uh is one of those things but 
the rumor mill in football is absolutely insane. Um, I was in the shop this morning uh, just before I went to work and I noticed that they're still selling gossip mags like OK Magazine and Hello Magazine and, and they get even worse than that. Um, it, like they're actually magazines with lesser quality than Hello and OK. But these are magazines dedicated entirely to pumping out gossip about celebrities and I don't know how they get away with it um, without being hit with slander lawsuits and stuff like that. But I saw one one day that was like... Victoria Beckham is outraged that David shunned her at Glastonbury and they had like this tiny grainy photo of David Beckham turning his back to her which obviously if you want to look at a single photo and take all the context out of it you'll say to yourself wow look at this this looks like a story um, and later on that day David Beckham published uh, some photo on Instagram of him with Victoria and said like oh I love my family I'm so lucky to have this family and um I was thinking of that as it happened and I was like this is symbolic of the farce that is gossip media and football transfers and the, the entire transfer window and all of that is gossip media and it feeds right into that and we get told different things all the time uh, you never know what's true or false sometimes they guess something that comes true sometimes they completely make something up when there's actually no interest in the first place and um that's just, you know, that's what it is. Uh, and, and I think all of these things just lend themselves to keeping football in the public sphere at all times. And that's why it's such a vastly bigger sport than any other. I, I think it's possible to do the same thing for other sports like cricket and, and things like that, because those are also British. Or like cricket is, is, is probably a British sport. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but it is one that British infrastructure can support and things like that um but they chose football I guess football has just always had um an easier fan base to um to attract because there's there's more of a spectacle about it and that's just that's just why that's my opinion as I said I didn't do any research before I went into this but I feel like I might very well be onto something there so it looks like my computer has loaded up and if I click 2017 on my music library um there's actually not much came out in 2017 for me to shout about to be honest i enjoyed the xx's third album um a lot of people were like oh it's too different it's too songy it's not like their original i like it i think it's damn good i think they're a good band and i like that they've stepped out of the kind of monochrome that they were in and, and like even the album cover has color on it and you can see the band members and you never could before and it's called I See You and just thematically it works very well as an album and I like that. Melodrama by Lord uh, was absolutely superb. Um, probably better than Pure Heroine and I never thought I'd say that either. It, it's really good when, you're, um, when your expectations are sort of over... When your expectations are overmatched or <laughs> what you know what I'm trying to say. Um I really liked More Life by Drake because it's everything that I wanted Views to be. I thought Views was quite disappointing, very, very uh, robotic and stiff and it just didn't go anywhere. Um even just like Drake is really good at, at like little quips in the middle of his songs and and the stuff he said on more life or sorry on views was just it was just really really shit um but more life is is sort of it's it's really colorful um and and it's very 
I I guess like I don't want to say multicultural, but there, there there's like a lot of different sounds coming out of that album, and I really like that. Um, there's a band I really like called Cloud Nothings, and they had an album called Life Without Sound. And this is another one where fans of the band are like, oh, they've sold out. This is terrible. I actually, I dig it. I think it's really good. Um, I don't think they could have continued doing what they were doing um, to the same degree and not sort of, you know, get tired or bored of it. So, it like, I like it when bands sort of step out of the... Um, step out of their comfort zone a little bit and they try something different because um i think that that can often lead to like really exciting music um kendrick lamar's damn is probably going to be the hip-hop album of the year i don't think anyone will really deny that um i really enjoy it it's one of the main ones that i listen to on my way to work um there's also future released two albums to my knowledge that's all he's released this year uh, but I'm not sure because he was at a point where he was releasing like 27 albums a week. Um, I like both of them. There's Hendrix and then there's a self-titled one, Future. Um, I thought they were both decent, but I've gotten to a stage where I can't really tell any of his music apart. Um, and then my album of the year so far is a toss-up, I think, between Melodrama from Lord and Near to the Wild Heart of Life by Japan Droids, which is their third album. Um, and it's brilliant. And it also just marks... Uh, kind of an evolution in the band the songs are more songy to a point uh, some of them are more poppy they're more ballady they're using different instruments and stuff and uh, it's really exciting and i'd say this album has two of their best songs so far which are the last two tracks no known drink or drug and track number eight in a body like a grave um, and i want to give an honorable mention to one more light by lincoln park because i know a lot of people hated it um the first track i heard off it was heavy which was a huge departure from their uh, usual sound but I really liked it um I have a lot to say about Linkin Park I think I'll probably leave it till the end of this because I don't want this to turn into a Chester Bennington memorial podcast um I had actually planned on doing one of those um I like one more light I like all of Linkin Park's albums um I'll explain I guess I'll talk about them at greater depth um at the end of this episode because they're a band that I just can say an awful lot about um but there are some jams on this album. Uh, good Goodbye, Talking to Myself, uh, Invisible is pretty good. Sharp Edges is just a really, really cool song. Um, but yeah, like shout out to that album. It's it's completely different to what you would have expected. And I like that and I respect that. Um, and I was really, really, really sad um, to hear about Chester Bennington. And I still am really sad. I, I don't even know how long it's been. I think it's been a week and a half or something uh, at the time that you're listening to this and yeah it's it's just it's it's so sad um but yeah i'll talk about it more at the end the next question is from football fan eight who maybe can tell us why he's a football fan um but he says what do you think of the irish education system personally i feel having seven leaving cert subjects is too demanding especially with one exam uh alone taking two years to prep for Sorry, let me read this again because I didn't know there was a second tweet. What do you think of the Irish education system? Personally, I feel having seven, 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 seven leaving cert subjects is too demanding, especially with one exam alone taking two years to prep for. Also, I know you don't talk about football much, but thoughts on Ireland's qualifying campaign for the World Cup? Um, just on the second part of that, um, I... I don't know if I'm the only one that's like this because I see lots of people tweeting about it when it's on, but international football, if it's not a tournament, just fucking bores the bejesus out of me. I 
I don't know what it is. I, I just I cannot get excited for Ireland versus Austria. Um, and I think it's because the process of qualifying for a tournament is so drawn out. Like it encompasses ultimately two years of a campaign um, that you can't really physically get excited for it until it gets to the crucial stage. So like with a lot of these games, they come out and you just look at it and it's like Ireland versus Lithuania or whatever. And you're like, well, I, I would expect Ireland to pick up the points there. And, and if they don't, you're like, huh, like it just, I don't know. It just doesn't register any sense of meaning with me. Like it's, it's so, I don't know. I'm sure Ireland will get there and I will support them when they do, but I just, yeah. And I always feel like I, I like I'm supposed to feel some sense of guilt here because it's, it's, you know, I'm committing two taboo sins here in that I'm not supporting the team where I'm from uh, to the to the degree that I should, but I'm also not supporting my country to the degree that I should. But honestly, I, I just don't really care that much um, until it gets to crunch time. Um, but the Irish education system is something I could probably talk at great length about, but the last time I had a conversation about it with someone... Um, it turns out that a lot of the stuff I was talking about was so dated that it's already been changed. So I don't want to talk too much about the infrastructure. Um, it's been seven years since I was in school, uh, which is a really long time. Um, a lot of this stuff that I ha would have to say about it, I, I do think that the way it works is so stupid that it's like, here's a bunch of books, here's a bunch of stuff. Highlight the important stuff because you'll be quizzed on it in two years for three hours and then you'll never come back to it ever again. Um, I don't really think that that is that effective in actually filling people's heads with information. I think it teaches people how to deal with examinations well, but I don't know how it helps them in later life, particularly people who are not... Um, not as well trained with words as they are with like with words and numbers as they are with their hands or whatever like i i have friends who um are tradesmen and like they're infinitely more intelligent than i am and they're people who like just would not be able to to um uh, to study something long enough take in all the information spit it out two years later like that that sort of mode of of teaching just doesn't work for them there are people out there that this just doesn't work for because it relies on your ability to retain information rather than um your actual overall intelligence i think um and i i know that your ability to retain information is probably um like strongly linked with your intelligence but um i just i don't think that that's effective when i went to scotland i did a continuous assessment process where like you know you learn stuff for a few weeks then you get exam examined on it and then that's it you don't do it again apart from um at the end of each term um where you get one big exam but you're still it's all still fresh enough in your mind it's not like two years later so um yeah i i it's not an effective way i don't think of uh like all, all it really is is to to Whoever is the best at playing the exam game will get the best jobs and stuff. And I don't really think that that's great because I feel like I have a lot of skills to offer in, in many different like sectors, but I won't be able to do it unless I completely retrace and reverse my um, performance within the education system. And, and that's just, I mean, that seems like so much hassle for me. So I don't know. Um, I also just, I, I think the Irish education system is very hostile towards a certain type of personality. And 
I think that that kind of social attitude could really change when it comes to school. But I don't know. Um, it, it's it's a really broad topic, and it's one that I'd really like to talk about with my cousin Dara, who um, he's been on the show before, and he has had one hell of an experience within the education system. I, like, I don't think there's a story quite like his. So I'd like to get him on to tell it someday because I think that would be a really good episode. So the next question is from Samuel, who says, you, this guy, by the way, Coda Sam, he once met Steve from Coda Line and told him that he is a fan of the Midnight Hour. So, like, I wish more people out there were like Sam. Um, but he says, you've talked multiple times in the past about moving to somewhere like Canada. Do you still see yourself living outside Dublin? Um, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, if you... I don't know where you guys are from, right? But um, wherever you are from, the price of rent is probably proportionally not higher than it is in Dublin because the fucking price of rent in this country is outrageous. Um, not just in this country, in Dublin specifically, in the city specifically. Um, but I've been trying to move house for a long time now and ultimately I can't because I'm not a millionaire. And it's so, like, there is no affordable one-bedroom apartment in all of Dublin um, that isn't, like, I don't know, 25 centimeters squared um i actually honestly don't know if that's a big measurement or not but basically if you just look up the price of rent in dublin um particularly in the cities but even in the towns around the city it's it's so goddamn demoralizing um and for that reason if i were offered uh, a job on the same salary that i'm in now outside dublin i would absolutely go for it um I, I wouldn't care where it is, to be honest, as long as they have a decent internet connection. Uh, the only problem with that is uh, two things. One, I'm very unlikely to be offered the salary that I'm on now outside Dublin because I work in finance and I work in the um, one of the main financial hubs of Dublin City. There are only three. I, I work in like what would be considered the second most profitable section of, of, uh, of Dublin City finance. Um, but there's nothing really like that outside Dublin. Like there are some finance jobs in Cork and stuff like that, but they're not really to the same degree as the ones in Dublin. There's also like, even in Kilkenny and places like that, you'll, you'll find uh, investment bankers and stockbrokers and stuff. Um, but in Dublin, there's just way more. Uh, so like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta go where the money is, unfortunately. Um, on top of that, I could, I could move to Cork and work for an investment bank down there. But, the commute in Cork is pretty hard because the jobs in finance are sort of not actually in the city center in Cork. So, um, there's a whole different deal going on, but yeah, if I were offered a job like I'm doing now in Canada, absolutely. I would go. Um, but I've looked into this and in Canada, they favor Canadians for the type of work that I'm in. Um, when they get foreign workers in, I believe it's usually like, they have specialized skills um like so uh this would be people like it or even people going on oil rigs or stuff like that but ultimately it will be a job that they have gone and got a degree for then they're, they're not gonna go oh this guy has he's been an anti-money laundering for a year he's worked in a transfer agency and he's worked in a shareholders registrar yeah let's get him over to do some admin work like that's that's not gonna happen uh, in canada so 
if I were to move there, it would be a big risk on my part and it would require a lot of capital going over and stuff. Um, and also, I'm just not sure I'm ready to make that decision yet wh- where I am in my life. I think I'd rather get out um, in Ireland and just find a new place to live and, and just see how that goes for me uh, for a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's really tough um, thinking about living outside your city. Obviously, I lived with NEP for a while. I don't really think of that as a living experience. I think of it as a holiday that happened to me. Um, and I lived in Scotland, but I was too young to appreciate what I really had there. So um, I don't know, but I could see it happen. It just, I'd have to be offered the right amount of money, I think. Um, next question also from Sam is, you seem to be enjoying this more review side of YouTube. Ever thought of making this a career, like maybe in radio or something? Um, I actually have thought about doing reviews as a career. Um, and I've I've sort of looked into all of the ways that I could dodge having to go and get a journalism degree or ways that I could um that I could streamline that process and it seems like it is possible and and there are a few avenues I can go down um to maybe have a journalism degree within two years or even within one year if I work really 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 hard um but then you also have all these people saying journalism is dead there's no point in getting a journalism degree you can do it all yourself media is moving on to Uh, the internet now and people like you are going to be at the forefront and stuff like that Um, and I really don't know what to do uh, about that so I'm just sort of trying reviews at the moment because I really like stuff I really like I I, like I, I think the meaning of life for me in a huge way is to watch a great movie and talk about it and think about it and find out what other people are saying about it like I don't have the necessary uh, components to review a movie as a piece of art like I know that there are some movies out there that are fantastic because of the way it's filmed like and, and sort of the storytelling techniques and stuff um, I'm not really great at determining that what I'm really great at is determining whether or not I liked it and whether or not I found some kind of meaning in it that makes it better than the sum of its parts um, and I don't know that there's a place for people like me um in the mainstream reviewer section i think anything going in that sense would be for uh for people who actually know what they're talking about um which is very harsh on myself but um yeah i i I think i could work in radio i sort of i have this voice that i think sounds like i could be on radio like i sound like i might be a dj or something Uh, i'm not sure maybe other people can can tell me if that's true or not um, I, I definitely don't talk like this when I'm not recording though this is my recording voice and, and I can't turn it off right now and talk like myself but anyway um, I think I'd probably like to move into radio because I know that the hours aren't as long I know they do work incredibly hard but the hours aren't as long and, and that would help me um, and, and the money is just probably better than what I'm on now if I wasn't starting from the bottom but I would likely have to do that to work in radio so I'm not sure how far my uh, my tiny corner of YouTube fame can afford to me in uh, in this like sphere uh, next question is from Matt who says will you get Nepenthes on your podcast buddy I've already done that twice and um, have many many plans to do it again uh the problem with me and nep at the moment is that we resent each other now uh nep's schedule is drastically different from mine and also i am just so busy with other real life stuff that i i can't really accommodate um 
any schedule that isn't really really flexible and nep works incredibly hard um and i don't want to i don't want to bother him too much but we will definitely get something sorted um we had big plans a while ago that kind of fell through and that was a shame but i think um i think we're gonna do a couple more podcasts before the year is out so um have a listen have a look out for them uh because hopefully that's you know that'll that'll do it for you so um I don't know where to go from here. There are some questions that are will will make me talk for a very long time and I when I don't have someone else to bounce ideas off, I don't know how boring I'm being. But if you are enjoying listening to this and this is the type of thing you'd listen to more of, let me know because I would like I would happily upload one of these once a week along with the regular podcast because I hate when I come home from work and I just sit in my room and I play football manager. I just feel like I'm letting my um my my podcast waste away and i don't like it uh but the next question is from jack moore 124 which rhymes he says favorite tv shows you've watched recently and i just want to say um a shout out to 13 reasons why here because um doing that series um on youtube was was so good for me because i got to watch a show that um like it's actually a really interesting show like um it's uh no i'll talk a little bit more about shows that i've been watching recently but excuse me um 13 reasons why is is really interesting and i think the netflix shows in particular are really interesting because they're they don't all stick to a formula like they're all a little bit different uh apart from the marvel ones they're kind of similar to each other um but yeah they're really interesting to analyze in that way because i like i'm really good at predicting stuff that happens on tv shows like my girlfriend is frequently blown away by how much i'm able to predict about the shows that we watch um and i couldn't really do that so well with 13 reasons why i had vague ideas i fucking predicted that tyler guy as a school shooter straight away though i definitely deserve like a lot of money for that um but things like that um like that's what makes it interesting to me and also every time i watch an episode i knew that i wasn't going to be leaving my youtube channel empty uh, which was pretty cool because i don't like watching my channel die and watching the subscribers leave but at the same time i just don't have the energy to be a gaming youtuber anymore which leads me into my next question um which is let me find uh are you completely done being a gaming youtuber also do you still play any for your own entertainment and if so which ones um I wouldn't say I'm ever completely done being a gaming YouTuber. I'd never rule out a series of clubs on the next FIFA or um, something to that effect. I I think, I feel like if Modern Warfare 2 gets remastered and and released like like Modern Warfare 1 did um, last year, that I would be all over that. Like, I fucking love that game. I feel like I would play it so much that it would warrant me pressing the record button. I don't know if you can hear what's going on outside my house, but it sounds like some people are very, very happy about something. Um but um do i still play any for my own entertainment uh let me see the main game i play right now is rocket league um and i i bought no man's sky and i played that for a while um i also bought pro evolution soccer which i played maybe four games of i bought fifa and if you are a person who watches me live stream you've seen every game of fifa that i've played this year um I i didn't enjoy it at all um what else did i get uh, hold on one second while I look in my my gaming press that I have here. 
Uh, oh yeah, I got Final Fantasy uh, for Xbox, which was really good. I really, really liked it, but I, I haven't really gotten anywhere near clearing it yet. I got Dead Rising 4, which is really fun. Battlefield 1, barely even played it, to be honest. It's such a waste of money on my part. Um, what else do I have here? I got uh, Call of Duty Infinite War. Barely played any of that. Infinite Warfare, sorry. Um, and then... Pro Evo and FIFA. I bought FIFA on both consoles, on both the Xbox One and the PS4, and I didn't barely fucking played it on either of them. So, um, I'm almost done being a gamer. Um, but I'll tell you this: I play a game on PC called Age of Empires 2. It's from 1999, and it is unbelievable. And I play it not all the time. I used to play it all the time. I, I've got hundreds and hundreds of hours racked up on that game uh, over the last year or so, and it's it's so goddamn great and if any of you play it and you want to play it with me get onto the subreddit now or tweet me or whatever or just add me on steam my steam is is eldeniro e-l-d-e-n-i-r-o um and and we'll play that game because uh i really like it um i also play football manager 17 i, I have many many hours racked up on that and uh what i do in that game is i i load up the game for the first time when I buy it, like out of the box, except on Steam, so there is no physical box, I set like, <clears throat> I usually go for about 40 leagues. Um, and then I, I load it up, I, I, I invent a manager uh, using like exotic names and, and, and cool stuff like that. And then I holiday for one year because I hate starting at the very, very start. So I holiday for one year, and when that season is over, I make myself an international footballer as uh, as my experience because i want to walk into a relatively decent job and then whichever clubs have been relegated from the premier league and sack their manager i go and i manage that club and that's what i do for the entire thing i never have more than one save on football manager um in football manager 16 i took over swansea um i didn't even win the championship when i came back uh, i did manage to bring in about 80 million worth of sales getting rid of all their star players and I rebuilt a team from scratch I had Shane Long as my top goal scorer um, a few other people Wayne Routledge stuck around um, I signed uh, I signed a, an awful lot of garbage to be honest a lot of bad squad players and stuff um, I, I finished like I think 17th my first season 16th my second then 12th then 8th then 4th then first, then first, then first. That's the thing. Once you hit the peak in Football Manager, that's it. You will be that good forever because you'll get the funds to maintain it. Um, then in this year's one in 17, I took over Middlesbrough, um, who didn't actually get relegated, but the relegated clubs had either not sacked their managers or already hired new managers. So I, I took over Middlesbrough. Um, I won the UEFA Cup, I think, in my second season, which was a complete fluke. Um, I got like the easiest draw ever the whole way through, and I, I took it really seriously. So then I ended up in in the Champions League, where I don't think I made it out with the groups, and I ended up back in the Europa League. But I did get uh, a really good cash windfall from playing in the Champions League. So eventually I built Middlesbrough up. Um, I never won the title with them, because Jose Mourinho's Man United were just completely unstoppable. Um 
so I finished second and then third and fourth and second and second and stuff like that. Um, and then I left Middlesbrough. I went to Juventus. I fucking dominated Syria. I, I think I have like 95 games unbeaten, something like that. I was so close to 100 games unbeaten. And then Lazio or Napoli or one of those light blue teams beat me. Uh, then I went to Chelsea for one season where I won the league. And then I went to PSG where I've been for like seven years, just completely fucking shit up left, right and center. I've won the Champions League like three times. Don't know why I started talking about my football manager save, but I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to how emotionally uh, connected you become to those saves. So uh, that's that. Um, so I've been talking for a very long time. I get very sick of the sound of my own voice when I talk for this long. Uh, hopefully none of you do. Otherwise, by God, what are you doing listening to me? Um, and I just want to say a few things about uh, about Linkin Park because uh, they are a band that many of us grew up listening to. Um, just a really important band and the really tragic death of Chester Bennington is just another door closed in in my childhood and it's really popular to say I don't care when celebrities die but uh, Chester Bennington would be the but I know uh, in an episode of the Midnight Hour I said um, I've never been affected by the death of a celebrity but then Robin Williams died and that was really 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 tragic because Robin Williams was always someone that you sort of turn to uh, for like the happiest moments of your childhood when it comes to movies and um and and just how uplifting he is and stuff um chester bennington had that effect on people for a different reason i I think he in his songs he made people understand that it's okay to be angry or to be sad and stuff like that um he always sort of expressed those two emotions really really well and lincoln park just are one of the biggest bands of the 21st century and that is just a fact. I, th- I think their second album, uh, Meteora, sold over... I think it sold 22 million copies, right? Like, so we don't live in the physical copy era anymore. Um, the biggest artist of today, uh, like, aside from Adele, who who is an anomaly and is still selling uh, major amounts of records, um, but, like, Taylor Swift, Drake... Like Ed Sheeran, like these people dream of being able to sell as many records as Linkin Park sold. They sold 70 million in total, uh, which is the same amount as Oasis. And I think it's possibly more than Coldplay or maybe actually Coldplay have probably eclipsed that amount. But uh, Linkin Park, Oasis and Coldplay are the three biggest bands of the 21st century um, in terms of records sold inside this century. Like I'm not including Bon Jovi and ACDC because those are... um, sales that were made mostly in 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 the 20th century um but lincoln park are a huge deal and i see you know articles such as chester bennington was the voice of a generation and people are like no he wasn't he wasn't even the voice of new metal it's like new metal was this uh fad music genre that came around in the late 90s and and briefly into the early 2000s that lincoln park sort of they rode that wave of new metal into um into mainstream popularity they crossed over from metal music into pop music um like Limp Bizkit did that too, but Linkin Park did it seamlessly because Linkin Park's first album was called Hybrid Theory, and basically that is what that that's like the mantra for their music. It it is a hybrid theory of of multiple different styles, um, and they kept going album after album, and they were always relevant. They always sold significant amounts as per the time. Um, like their albums always featured pretty high on any charts they were in. 
Um, just a, a mega, mega band. My favorite Linkin Park album is called A Thousand Sons. It's from 2010. Um, and it's kind of this really dark, moody, atmospheric, um, but also lively um, and vibrant album. It's it's sort of like, I don't know, but there's a song on there called Waiting for the End. And I would say just go to YouTube, type in Linkin Park Waiting for the End, put it in full screen, watch the video, listen to the song. It's awesome. It's it's like a harmonized like rap song. It, it's it's just it's really really good and uh and and like they're such a great band and it's it's really really sad to see that uh that Chester Bennington committed suicide because also just as someone who could relate to the odd Linkin Park song here and there um I was always aware of how much of a sort of a fucked up life he had as a kid and I would always check in to see in his interviews if he'd said anything about that recently or, or whatever um, and he always used to talk about overcoming his struggles uh, with such inspiration and, and sort of um, like he was so endearing to listen to and it's just really sad that eventually um, you know he couldn't fight off his demons uh, and at 41 years of age i think i think middle-aged males now commit suicide at a higher ratio than any any other uh demographic and it's it's just really really tragic especially the fact that it was on chris cornell's birthday and he sang at his funeral and stuff like that so um yeah i i just i have this like burning desire to talk about why lincoln park are so great and I don't think this is the podcast because my mouth is actually like dry. My throat is sore. <laughs> I have talked for 50 minutes straight. Um, but I, I felt like I just had to say all of that. So hopefully that's not weird to you guys. Um, but that's the end of this bonus episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you know, leave a like or, or like go on the subreddit and, and like challenge me on anything I said that you disagree with or ask me a question for a future episode or, or uh, you know, hit me up, whatever. We'll, we'll talk. Anyway, I've been Elden Hero. Thanks for listening.